When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, one of the cool things about being an aquarium hobbyist is that if you want, you can take an almost unlimited number of directions and approaches, many completely different and achieving entirely different things. This hit home the other day when I was sort of playing hobbyist and geeking out and contemplating my next reef aquarium. Well, the reality is that this time I'm not actually going to create a reef aquarium in the traditional hobby sense. Rather, it's going to be a coral aquarium. I'm going to focus on coral. The approach that I take with equipment choices, setup, and management will all be focused on keeping corals healthy, happy, and growing. I'm not going to try to recreate the ecology of the entire reef ecosystem with lots of you know, sand, live rock, and all sorts of interstitial and sand bed organisms. The biodiversity and the ecology within this tank will largely come from the corals and fishes themselves. When you think about it, corals are communal organisms that are like little havens of self-contained biodiversity, and the success of the tank will ride upon me making the corals happy. This approach is an almost diametric opposite to the approach that I take with my botanical-style aquariums, be they brackish, blackwater, or whatever. Taking a pause from my geeky planning, I just sort of had to laugh a little bit because that difference is so incredible. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of creating a microcosm within our aquariums, at least to the greatest extent possible. I favor utilizing natural botanical materials and compositionally rich substrates to foster the ecology within the tank. That ecology is everything from, you know, paramecium to fungal growth, small crustaceans, and just about anything in between. My freshwater and brackish aquariums are ecologically rich, highly diverse miniature ecosystems. They're intended from the start to be this way, as we've discussed so many times here. And of course, the sequence or process which we employ to start one of these tanks is pretty important and really simple. When I set up a brand new botanical style aquarium, my process is really nothing crazy. Uh, one, add substrate material. Two, add wood if you're going to use it. Three, add botanicals. All of them uh, you know, all of them at once after preparation. Four, inoculate with the culture of bacteria or other organisms. Or five, add a bit of material, you know, decomposing leaves or whatever from a healthy established tank. And six, wait and let it bloom. Seriously complex stuff. I know. Whoa, that blew you away, right? <laughs> Likely not. But hey, it's just, a, you know, not really all that exotic a procedure. That's really about all there is to the actual physical setup process of a botanical style aquarium. The real part where the rubber meets the road, as they say, is the period after the setup, when you let it be. It's a jumping off stage where our initial work is done and nature takes over for a while, breaking down all the botanicals, you know, allowing that patina of bio cover and biofilm to cover some of the surfaces, removing that crisp, harsh, new feeling. This is probably where Amano's concept of embracing the Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi takes over, you know? Uh, accepting the transient nature of things and enjoying the beauty of the changes that occur over time. And of course, once stuff starts softening or breaking down, it doesn't mean that your job's done or that you're just an observer from that point on. No, no, no. 
It means that you're now in a cool phase of actively managing, and by managing, I'm emphasizing observation more than intervening. You're actively managing the aquarium. Now, sure, when you embrace this mindset, you're making minor tweaks as necessary to keep the aquarium healthy and moving in the direction, aesthetically, functionally, or otherwise, that you want it to. Yet, at some point early in the process, you'll likely find yourself just letting go and allowing the tank to do what nature intends it to do on its evolutionary path. It's a wonderful time in the life cycle of your aquarium. As botanical materials break down, more and more compounds, you know, tannins, humic substances, lignans, bound up organic matter, etc., begin leaching into the water column in your aquarium, influencing the water chemistry and the overall environment. Now, some botanicals, like leaves, break down within weeks, needing replacement if you want to maintain the consistency of the habitat you've started in your aquarium. Others, like bark, branches, and more robust seed pods, have a much longer lifespan, if you will. They not only serve to enrich the aquatic environment, they become attachment points for fungal growths, biofilms, and algal mats, just like they do in nature. The key here is that the process takes time. It cannot be rushed. We can, of course, assist a little bit by adding some bacterial cultures or cultures of microorganisms like paramecium, etc., as I mentioned above, or small organisms like Daphnia. And of course, there's that very old tried and true practice that I mentioned of seeding your aquarium with material, in our case, botanicals, leaves, or wood, from an existing aquarium to help kickstart things a bit. It's a classic way to go in many different types of aquariums, and it's every bit as effective in botanical-style tanks as in any other. It won't help you evade the processes by which nature recruits organisms to develop a microbiome, but it will certainly start the process a little more quickly. The bottom line is that you need to take time and go slowly. Your aquarium will evolve over time regardless of the steps that you take or don't take to expedite the process. Going slowly or at least do, not doing stuff with the expectation that you'll get some perceived destination, um, you know, to some perceived destination quickly is really a great approach. I'm not in the habit of quoting myself, but on occasion, I, found, I find a little gem from my writing. This is something from 2016. I pulled it out. I thought this was really funny. And it applies just as true, you know, rings just as true today as it did back then. I'm quoting myself, which is cool. <laughs> Regardless of how you employ the botanicals, I cannot stress enough the need to go slowly. There's no need to rush and dump everything in at one time or in huge quantities, particularly in established aquariums where your animals are used to certain, a certain stable range of parameters. It goes without saying that if you're introducing materials which can influence water chemistry and quality, you'll need to go slowly and exercise common sense. And since botanicals are actively breaking down in your aquarium over their service lifetimes, it's important to employ good husbandry techniques as well. Just some words to the wise, right? Kind of cool. Now, a lot of hobbyists new to our world will see those first biofilms and fungal growths emerge and they'll assume that the tank's overloaded with organic matter. And I think overloaded is in many cases a bit extreme. However, adequately stocked might be a better descriptor. And I encourage you to do some tests. See if there's an ammonia spike, a nitrite spike. You may or may not see that. And the appearance of these organisms is actually the initial indicator of the developing ecology of your aquarium. These are evidence of beneficial processes that you're witnessing. Not quite what you'd colloquially call a cycle, but a process that begins with leaves or other botanicals being colonized by organisms which help to break them down. Now, how does a leaf break down? And why should you even care? Well, it's a multi-stage process, which we've talked about before, but it helps liberate its constituent compounds for use in the overall ecosystem. And it's one that's vital to the construction of a food web. 
both in nature and within our aquariums, something that we've talked about many times. The first step in the process is known as leaching, in which nutrients and organic compounds like sugars, potassium, amino acids, and stuff like that dissolve into the water and move into the substrate. The next phase is a form of fragmentation in which various organisms from you know, aquatic insects and shrimps and so forth physically break down the leaves into smaller pieces. And as the leaves become more fragmented, they provide more and more surfaces for bacteria and fungi to attach and grow upon and more feeding opportunity for our fishes. In a perfect world, you'd allow your tank to run in for a few weeks or even months if you can handle it before you add your fishes to really let those organisms establish themselves. And regardless of how you allow the biome of your tank to establish itself, don't go crazy editing the process by frantically removing every trace of detritus or fragmented botanicals. When you do that, you're removing vital links in the food chain, which provide the basis for the microbiome of our aquariums along with the important nutrient processing that they do. So to facilitate these aquarium food webs, we need to avoid going crazy with the siphon hose. Simple as that, really. Yet the idea of embracing the ecologically driven breakdown of our so-called decorative materials in our tanks is a phase in the production of natural food sources in our aquariums. It's elegant, it's remarkable, and it's really not all that surprising. They'll eventually spontaneously, or I didn't say eventually, but virtually spontaneously arise in botanical style aquariums, almost as a matter of course, with us not having really much to, to do to facilitate it other than just leave it the hell alone. I've postulated the, uh, the, the idea that botanical and leaf litter beds function as sort of a biological filter, and I think it's pretty much a given that these systems do indeed perform that role. I believe that it's not only possible, but probably very efficient to utilize these materials in the botanical litter bed to foster denitrification. I think that something's going on there. I believe that the idea of embracing some of the things that we feared, you know, like having all that fungal growth on new wood and leaves and stuff like that, and understanding the turbidity and cloudiness of the water and accepting the fact that things will evolve past that early, perhaps unsettling aesthetic phase is really important. Pushing through those earliest phases. When you think through the idea of how these early impacts are mostly aesthetic and not harmful to your aquarium, you start to realize that the looks of this stuff is actually more awful than any perceived possible detriments that they might bring. And most important, you'll discover that editing it out by removing it from your tank is actually doing damage to a burgeoning ecosystem before it ever really gets off the ground. Utilizing our friends, the bacteria, the biofilms, and the fungal growths to work with us to create amazing functional systems is irresistible, and it's more achievable than ever before. Part of the game, as we've discussed ad nauseum here, is to simply understand, appreciate, and ultimately embrace the way the aquatic environment is influenced by fungal growths, biofilms, and decomposition, which occurs when botanicals are added into our aquariums. As we often say, that means making a mental shift to accept the unique aesthetics of a botanical-style aquarium. You know, brown water, stringy biofilms, and decomposing leaves and botanicals. They all have their place in our world. The most challenging part of starting and managing one of these more natural ecology-centric aquariums is to appreciate not only how they function, but to understand why they look the way they do. You'll get it after that initial, oh shit, what have I done? What's all this gunky stuff freak out that you'll inevitably have? If you don't panic do some research and learn how natural aquatic ecosystems function, something just clicks and then you'll understand. It'll make sense when you get out of your head the notion that you're just trying to go after some sort of aesthetic rather than trying to nurture the development of a miniature ecosystem within your aquarium. I think that we're starting to see an 
new emergence of a more holistic approach to aquarium keeping, a realization that we've done amazing things so far, keeping fishes and plants and corals and stuff in a glass or acrylic box with applied technique and superior husbandry and great equipment, but that there's room to experiment and push the boundaries even further by understanding and applying our knowledge of what happens in the real natural environment. Again, it's a series of mental shifts. And if you go back to my little exercise that I just talked about earlier about my new upcoming reef aquarium, it's not trying to skirt nature. It's embracing nature where it's meeting nature where it is, understanding the needs of the animals I want to keep and playing with them and understand working with them for the benefits that they bring. It's a sort of a different outlook, but it's very easy to make when you're used to these kinds of mental shifts. And if you're making mental shifts, replicating nature in our aquariums by achieving a greater understanding of nature, you'll get it. Expanding the ecology of your aquarium is largely a function of expanding your mind. You've got this. Stay patient. Stay excited. Stay educated. Stay observant. Stay curious. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.